There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into the podcast. This is our Monday edition of the podcast as we begin a new week. We are in Black Creek, New York. Had a good weekend in the house of God. We thank the Lord for the preaching. We're going to be here East Night this week through Friday at 7 p.m. here at the Black Creek Baptist Church. And then Tuesday and Thursday, 10 a.m. services as well. And we look forward to what the Lord is going to do in those special services. Look forward to being with Brother Rose. I met him almost 17 years ago down the state of Mississippi. And uh, the Lord put us that year together again in Arkansas. And I believe in Kentucky that year. And uh, the Lord has just uh, put us together many times. We've had the privilege to preach all over the country. And we've got to preach together in Honduras. And so you pray for Brother Rose. Pray as he'll be preaching. And thank God for the meeting. Thank God for the word of God. And then Lord willing on Sunday, next week we'll begin in Akron, New York. We have Brother Thaddeus Kuntz and the folks up north. We certainly appreciate them. Looking forward to what the Lord is going to do. Now I started to talk Friday about discipleship. And I really got caught up in what discipleship is not. Now, folks make discipleship a lot of things. They make it a formality. They make it a course you take. And they, you know, folks just say, I was never discipled properly. Well, you know, discipleship is really going to come from the pulpit. It's a matter of preaching the whole counsel. It's a matter of preaching. The word. Everybody says they preach the whole counsel of God. But in that is instruction. You can't preach the word of God without seeing tithing, without seeing giving, without seeing sacrifice, without seeing uh, integrity, honesty, gentleness, kindness, goodness. You cannot preach without seeing those things and preaching those things. And really, that's what discipleship is. It's when you follow a master. You're a servant to Jesus Christ. And he is your Lord. And he is your Savior. He is your master. So he challenges disciples again when he speaks this. He says, fear not them which kill the body. We're in Matthew 10, 28. But are not able to kill the soul. So he tells them, go out there fearlessly. The righteous are bold as a lion. Go tell them what they need to hear. The thing that I have whispered in your ear, tell them. The thing that I have spoken to you, tell them. Because they need this more than their daily bread. They need the word of God more than they need anything else. So I'm going to give you the words to speak. And as he told Ezekiel, don't look at their countenance. He said, whether they were here or whether they forbear, just preach. Just take the message and tell them. Don't worry about them killing you. They can kill your body. But then he exhorts them with this, and not two sparrows sold for a farthing. And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. So two times he tells you not to fear. You don't fear those that can destroy your body, but rather you fear he that can destroy body and soul. And yet he's in charge of the sparrows. He's numbered the hair on your head. What do you have to fear? God hath not given a spirit of fear, but of love and power and of a sound mind. And Jesus Christ himself walked this earth. They hated him. They cursed him. They mocked him. We have the same spirit of faith. Why can't we walk in this earth bold as a lion? Not foolishly bold, just bold as a lion. Why? Because we're righteous and righteous in Christ. 
And therefore, when he walked this earth, he didn't have to fear. Uh, he didn't fear until after the garden, and then God laid fear upon him. He was made sin for us. He did fear that. He feared the condemnation of sin, the awfulness of sin. The word of God said that he feared. And yet the reality is, you and I fear man. We don't fear God. And if we feared God, we'd live different. If we feared God, we'd be disciples of his. But we fear man. We fear what men think, what men will say, what men can do to us. And if God can take care of the sparrows, how much more can he take care of us? Safety is of the Lord. I said on this podcast many years ago, I was involved in a meeting. Entire message was preached on safety is of the Lord. Then we had a meeting about how we need to have men with guns in the church to protect the church because safety is of the Lord, but we also got to be proactive. And I just stood in the meeting and said, well, either safety is of the Lord or it's not. But being proactive does not negate the fact that safety is of the Lord. What can we do that God cannot do? And I know it sounds reasonable to people, and I get people out of sorts with me for even saying this, but cannot God take care of us? Cannot God protect us? Cannot God watch over his flock? Therefore, we can stand with boldness. I've known men who preach and had guns pulled on them. I've known men who were told, if you keep preaching, we'll run you out of town. He said, we'll burn your house down. We'll hurt your family. I've known men in the day in which I live, men that have been told that we'll shoot you if you continue to preach that. You let folks in the church of a certain race or certain ethnicity, we'll shoot you. You allow these things in the church, we'll shoot you. I knew a man back in the 1960s, a man pulled a gun on him. He didn't pull a gun back. He just told him to put the gun down or he's going to stomp on him and physically threw him out. We read the stories, of course, of yesteryear, the fighting fundamentalist, J. Frank Norris, and Chester Elliott, or Dexter Elliott Chips goes in his office and pulls a gun on J. Frank Norris, and he shot and killed him. Had to go to trial for it. It's a terrible thing. Safety is of the Lord. Therefore, if we go and preach with boldness, will not God take care of us? Will not God protect us? So why is it we fear man? Why is it pastors? And you pastors, you listen. Why is it pastors fear people leaving the church? If you tell the truth and tell the truth from the word of God and not deliberately be an offense, if they leave the church, it's not on you. If the whole church blames you, it's not your fault. You've told the truth. Could just be they hate the truth. They don't like the word of God being expounded to them concerning themselves. They like when it tears other people up, but they don't like being tore up themselves. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. They that believe, he said, shall not be ashamed. They're not embarrassed. They're not ashamed of Christ. They don't hide this. They preach it openly, publicly. While they've confessed him before men, he'll also confess them. Whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. I believe, again, Jesus Christ preaching to his disciples, but how is that not applicable today? How can you name the name of Christ, yet deny the name of Christ? I think it's impossible to do. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Again, what is peace on earth? You know, and you look at that and people, peace on earth, Christmas time, year round now, peace on earth, come here about peace, we're going to preach peace. He said, peace, peace, but there is no peace. Why? Because they're preaching a false peace. Peace will only come when Jesus Christ puts his feet on this earth. Saints of God are already be gone, they'll already be departed. But when he puts his feet on this earth, then he will bring peace. But he's saying, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. You know, and again, is there going to be peace in our day? No, there is not. It's not going to be till Jesus Christ puts his feet on this earth. Then we will see peace. We'll see great peace. 
Why? Because peace I give you, not as the world giveth I, so give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He's not come to send peace. He said on this, he put father in, with variance. He put a man with his father, a daughter against her mother, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. He put him at variance. Why? Because of the word of God. When churches get bent out of shape and break fellowship with us, and normally I don't break fellowship with the church. I don't know if there's ever time I have. There might be some I just kind of drift away from, but I've never officially ever broke fellowship, but they break fellowship with me and cancel us. And they say, well, you know, we just don't believe the road you go. We don't believe this. And you're teaching this and you're preaching this. And without fail, I've told them, bring the word of God. Let's discuss this. And they cannot bring the Bible. They have an opinion or they bring a concordance or a dictionary. And they say, well, this is what this says. And I'll say, well, let's bring the Bible. Let's discuss the Bible. Let's talk about the Bible. That is what sets men at variance. And therefore, they will not reconcile with the word of God. They'll reconcile their personal beliefs. They'll reconcile their personal opinions, but they will not reconcile the word of God. Why? Because he came to set at variance. And if they don't believe the word of God, there is no fellowship. They don't believe every word of the King James Bible is pure. There is no fellowship. They may say they have fellowship, but their fellowship's around a table with hamburgers and hot dogs. It's not with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. That's where true fellowship is. And if you believe the word of God, fellowship comes from the word of God. And that's the only fellowship we have. Everything else is a social event. We can sit around and have uh, steak and baked potato, and we can sit around and enjoy some fried catfish and hush puppies and coleslaw and say, man, what fellowship we had. If Jesus Christ wasn't the center of that, it's not fellowship. It's just another picnic. And what folks have is a picnic. They call it fellowship. Why? Because he came to set at variance. He said a man against his father. A man may have to choose against his father. If his father denies the word of God, he needs to be man enough to choose. He needs to be man enough to say, dad, you're wrong. If a mother is wrong, the daughter needs to stand up and say you're wrong. If the daughter's wrong, the mother needs to say you're wrong. If your son's a heathen, tell him he's a heathen. Your daughter's a wicked girl, tell her she's a wicked girl. She dresses like a harlot, you ought to tell her she's dressed like a harlot. I know a man, he said, my, I'm afraid my son's going to leave. I said, the best thing could happen to the rest of your children is your son leave. I'm not trying to be foolish now. I'm not trying to go too far with that. But that's what I told the man. I said, he's affecting your other children. How do you want him in the house? How long do you want him there? You know, my son's possessed with the devil. He's throwing himself in the fire and we don't know what else to do. You know, well, just turn him loose on the other children. Let him have his heyday with them. Let him throw them in the fire. Maybe just kill the whole family. Man, wouldn't that be a blessing? Put him out of the house. Why? Jesus Christ came to set at variance. You're not going to tolerate sin. We're not going to tolerate ungodliness. not going to tolerate wickedness. That is the divider. The word of God is the divider. And men separate over the word of God. They use excuses for everything else under the sun. Say, well, you part your hair this way, and your wife parts her hair this way, and you know, your wife only wears scarlet to bed. You told us that in the pulpit, and therefore, you know, we only believe in you wearing white gowns to bed, and therefore, you know, they separate all about, but it's really the word of God is why they separate. They claim it's other foolishness, but it's the word of God. He said, A man's foes shall be they of his own household. And what truth there is in that. And he told his disciples that your foes are going to be in your household. And I know a lot of preachers, their wives withstand preaching. Man can't preach because his wife's going to call him out. He doesn't realize she's his enemy. She's fighting against him. And you're one flesh, and that's pretty difficult. Your wife fights against you. I've watched as they sit there and roll their eyes and cut their eyes, and I've seen daughters do it to their daddies. They roll and cut their eyes, look at their daddy during preaching, give their daddy the look during preaching. And there's a couple of young ladies I've been in service. I've watched them cut their eyes to preach, and I've called them out for it publicly. Boy, the parents love that. 
You're not going to sit there and cut your eyes at the preacher, try to get your mom and dad's attention and roll your eyes at them to let them know how dissatisfied you are. What kind of man takes that from his daughter? Man of God's in the pulpit preacher. What kind of limp-wristed, sissified man lets his daughter cut her eyes for anything, let alone at the preaching of the Word of God? That's why Jesus Christ said that variance. That's why Jesus Christ divided. It's not over these little nitpicky things men choose. It's over the Word of God. And he tells his disciples that. His foe is going to be of his own household. It's not going to be obvious necessarily. It might be subtle. John Wesley's wife, oh, how she withstood him and cursed him and mocked him. I've known other preachers, their wives stood, withstood them and fought them and battled them in the ministry, would not submit in the ministry. I tried to rise up every man that ever preached there, they tear them down. There's been times my wife's asked me, how can we don't go back to such and such a church? I'll say, because the wife there just absolutely cannot stand my preaching. It's all over her face. She despises it, makes little comments, takes little digs. Why, I said it varies. It could be backwards, too. There's probably some men in ministry. They, they have good godly wives, but those men are just degenerates. And they withstand the word of God. They've destroyed their own households, and they've said it varies in their own households. That's why their children despise them. They claim persecutions because they were tyrants. They were vicious. They were brutal. They hated the word of God. And they try to blame everybody else and everything else, but their children turned against them over the word of God. I've known some young people who came out of those homes that survived and have lived for God today. Not very many, but there's been a few. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. There's your Sunday afternoon family reunion right there. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. There's three, by the way, three distinct discussions of drinking that cup unworthily. Right? There's three distinct discussions that you can have. You love your family more than him. You love your father more than him. You love your mother more than him. You want to take up your cross. He said, you're not worthy of him. And you drink that cup and you haven't taken up your cross. You're not worthy of that cup. You will not stand against your family. You're not worthy of that cup. It's amazing. People have religious family that hate the King James Bible and, and, and denounce the King James Bible. I think they're fools for going to a King James Bible preaching church. But when it comes time to make that choice, they choose family every single time. And I think it's displeasing to God. He said, you can't turn against them, your own father and mother. He said, you're not worthy of him. You don't turn against him in rebellion. It's not rebellion. It's stand for the word of God. Daddy's wrong. He's wrong. Mom is wrong. She's wrong. The word of God will reign supreme forever and ever. He that taketh not his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. He told us another place in the book of John, except the corner we fall to the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Therefore, we see that the word of God is the most important thing we have. You want to lose your life for the sake of the word of God? You got to lose it in Christ. Doesn't mean that somebody's going to kill you. It doesn't mean you're going to be a martyr of the faith. It just means you're going to lose your life. Why? You're a servant of Jesus Christ. Everything else that comes before him is put aside. All these little trips and all these little vacations and all these little hunting and fishing and beekeeping and, and soccer games and ball games and sports activities and, and theater and all these things that used to take center place in your life will take a back seat. You know why? Because Jesus Christ is your master and you'll be a servant of the most high God. And if you're listening to me and you say you're called to preach, you'd better get there. You're worthless to God till you get to the place that you want to forsake all to follow him. Take up your cross and follow him. He said, he that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Thank God for that promise. Thank God for the saints of God. Thank God for the people of God that received the word of God. 
Thank God in this day and this hour, there are people in the churches that love the word of God because they've received Christ, they receive his preachers. Because they've received his preachers, they've received Christ. Thank God for that. That's two-way street. I know a lot of folks, before they ever received Christ, they received me as a preacher. And just said, you know what, we'll just follow this man because I believe he's following Jesus Christ later on, seeing them converted to Jesus Christ. That's not cultish, that's the word of God. Follow me as I'm following Christ. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. In verse 42, And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water, only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. You give that cool cup of water in his name. Even in the name of a disciple, there's no loss of reward. Servants, disciples, followers of Christ. Where do you stand? There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website, and someevangelists.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption calleth not. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.